Uh, this week's parsha is Parshas Va'era, and we start the ten makas in this week's parsha. And the pasuk says, by the second of the ten makas, which is Tzvardeya, that Hakadosh Baruch Hu told Meish Rabbeinu to tell Paray about the oncoming maka of. Tzvardeya, and the Tzvardim, the Yar, the Naya will be swarming, teeming with these frogs. The Olu and they will come into your house. They will come into the palace. and in your bedroom, on your beds, and also in the house of your servants, and in your entire nation. And in your fires, in your ovens. And then it says that Hashem told Moshe, tell Aaron, and now go and extend your hand with your staff, with your stick, on the Naharis and on the Arim and on the Agamim. And then cause by doing so the Tzvardim to ascend. On Teretz Mitzrayim, Vayet Aaron es Yaday al Meimim Mitzrayim, and Taka Aaron did this. He extended his hand on the waters of Egypt, Vatal Hatzfardeya, Vatachasas Eretz Mitzrayim. The Tzfardeya in the singular went up and it covered the entire land of Egypt, and then the rest uh, took place. We're not going to go into the rest of the story, but obviously we know that Tzvardim actually came and Parai uh, wanted them to be rid of and Maishu Rabbeinu did that, but then of course his heart was hardened once again. So let's focus on this Pasuk that says Vatala Tzvardeya, that the Tzvardeya in the singular arose on the land of Egypt. So Rashi says to Pshatim, one is Tzvardeya Achas Haisa. There was really only one Tzvardeya. That's why it, said, it doesn't say Vatal Hatzvardeim, even though that's what the Psukim in advance of this keeps saying in the plural, but yet over here suddenly it's in the singular. So Rashi says that there was only one frog, Vayumakinaisa, and the Egyptians would hit it. Vimatezes Nechilim Nechilim. And they would, uh, the more that they were hit, the more that they would swarm and they would, uh, they would split and split again and, and the, the, until they became millions of frogs. But it all started with a single frog. That's the first, first Rashi, first Pshat and Rashi. And the second, Zeomed Rashi, Upshutai says Rashi, what's the Pashat Pshat? Yeshleimer, Sharetz Hatzvardim, when you have a, an, an entire swarm of frogs, that's Lashon Yechidas. That deserves, Kairi Lashon Yechidas, it's called in the singular. So, for example, uh, like sheep or fish in English is used as a singular, but it's also used to, to imply a plural. If you have many frogs, says Rashi, that could also be called Tzvardeya. One frog, because you have uh, that's that that's normal language. Normal use of language is that you could use a singular word to describe many many animals, many fish, etc. So two pshatim in Rashi, 
we have to first speak out, of course, the famous stipler on the first Pshat in Rashi, the stipler in his Sefer Birchas Peretz, says, of course, that, uh, you know, it's so crazy that the Egyptians would hit this frog. I mean, you, you hit a frog and it splits and then you hit it again and it splits again. So after a while, any sane person would say, okay, enough, let's stop hitting the frog because we're just bringing calamity upon ourselves with every time that we do this. But the stipler says that this is teaching us a major lesson in Kas, that if a person is very angry, then he tends or she tends to do irrational things. Irrational behavior comes about when a person gets into a, 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 an enraged temper. You could do the craziest things. People take very fancy cars when they get mad and they smash them into trees or they, they punch a hole in a, in a door or in a wall and then they have to go and repair it. What'd you get from it? Why would you do that? The answer is, I wasn't thinking. And the Egyptians were so frustrated and so angry that they weren't thinking. So they were doing something that would cause themselves harm, do themselves irreparable damage, bring upon themselves millions and millions of frogs for what? Well, that's what you do. It's irrational, but that's what anger is all about. Azaizak the stipler. So we have two pshatim. Either it's one frog or it's many, many frogs called by one, uh, by one, by one word, Hatzvardeya. What I want to talk about this morning is possibly to suggest a third pshat and a musr that we could take from the singular use of Tzvardeya in this pasuk. There's a Gemara in Psachim that was actually a couple of days ago in the daf, maybe yesterday's daf. The Gemara was discussing Tudus Ishraimi. There was a very chash of a yid in Rome. His name was Tudus, and he uh, he said a very big chiddush. Benagaya carbon pesach. Benagaya um, had to bring um, had a had to bring carbon pesach. Anyway, so at the end, the Gemara asks about this personality called Tudus. Was when you say that he was a, a big person, he's a chash of a person. Does that mean he was a Tamil chacham? Or does it mean that he was just a politically powerful man? And the Gemara brings a, a raya that he was a Talmud Chacham. How, what's the raya that he was a Talmud Chacham? Because we have a drasha from Tudus. Tudus Yishroimi said the following, Ma ro'u Chananya Mishol Vazarya. What did Chananya Mishol Vazarya uh, see? What inspired them? Shemasru Atzmanal Kedushas Hashem L'Kiv Why would they go and be Meiser Nefesh to give themselves over al Kiddush Hashem. Why would they jump into the fire? We know that Nebuchadnezzar commanded that people should uh, bow down to his idol, to an idol of him. And everybody was doing it. But Hanan and refused. And because of that, they were thrown into a fiery oven. And what happened was that they, they miraculously survived. Why did they do this? So the Gemara says, Nasu They made a kalvachemer from the tzvardeya. They made a kalvachemer from the frogs that in this week's parsha. What was the kalvachemer? Madach the frogs that they are not commanded for kedushas Hashem. There is no mitzvah on a frog 
uh, to Mekadei Shem Shamayim. But nevertheless, Ksiv Bohu, it says by them, Uva Uva Allu Bevesecha, Vatan Rechel Meshare Secha. Nevertheless, they jumped all over the houses and the ovens. Amosai Mesharis Mitsuyan Eitzel Tanur. When is the when are the pots found near the oven? The pasuk is putting the 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 oven and the pots together. When are the when do you put a pot out on an oven? Obviously, when the fire is on in the oven. Havem b'shoshatanur cham when it's hot. So obviously, the frogs jumped into a boiling hot pot on the fire. Onu shemitzuvim al kedushas Hashem. If frogs who are not mitzvah, they don't have a mitzvah of, of being mekadeshem shemaim, of, uh, of, of giving over your life, al-kiddushas Hashem, v'kidashta, there's no, there's no mitzvah of v'nikdashti b'serich b'nei Yisrael by frogs, but yet they did it. So we who do have a mitzvah of kiddushas Hashem, alachas kama v'kama, we have no mitzvah to jump into the fire, but yet we're going to do it, and they did it, that we who do have a mitzvah of we definitely should do it. That was the drasha of Tudusi Shreimi. Now, Taisus over there in Psachim says that obviously what you see from this Gemara is that the statue of Nebuchadnezzar was not strictly speaking an Avaydazara. It wasn't technically an Avaydazara. Why? It was just like a, a statue that was made of Kavit Atzma. It's like you go to the, the Lincoln Memorial. Or the Washington Monument, or you know, one of these things, and uh, you know that you see is these statues of the kings of presidents. So it's not an avaydazara, you know. There's no isser of like going into the Lincoln Lincoln uh, Memorial, Lincoln Monument, and Washington Monument, and seeing a statue of a uh, of a president. It's it's an it's what we call a uh, indarta. It's just a it's a statue, but it's not an avaydazara. Therefore, they had to learn a kavachaymer from the tzvard. Meaning, if it was strictly an avodah you don't need a kavachaymer to be meiser nefesh. That's the din. You have to be meiser nefesh for avodah If you're commanded to bow down to an avodah in public, then every yid has an obligation to do so. We know that. That's one of the gimel chamurays. The mechayu to be yeharg uh, valyavar. Salamai, it's not strictly an avodah Says Taisus, it wasn't mamish avodah It was just a. Uh, it was just a, a statue, a political statue. But, so they learned the Kalvachimer from the Tzvardim. Because that if the Tzvardim, they did it, why did they do it? They did it for Kiddush Hashem. So Hanani Mishav Azari felt that even though they weren't Mechuyiv, this is how the Ran also learns. Even though Hanan Mishav Azari, strictly speaking, were not Mechuyiv to be Meiser Nefesh because it wasn't Avedizara, but sometimes because they were Gedailim, and because they were tzaddikim, and the people were looking to them for guidance, they felt that it was important for them to take a stand against this practice that Nebuchadnezzar wanted everyone to bow down to his statue, and they were going to Mekadosh Shemayim that way. So that's very similar to the frogs. The frogs didn't have a chiyav of being Meiser Nefesh, and yet they did, Al-Kiddush Hashem. We also don't strictly have a chiyav of being Meiser Nefesh, but yeah, we're going to do it because we're made a kavachaymer from the tzvardim. We're, that's what inspired and drove Hanani Mishal Bazaria to go and be meiser nefesh al kedusha Hashem by being thrown, by allowing themselves to be thrown into the kivshnei.
Now, there's a question that all the Mepharshim ask about the Kalvachaymer that the Tzvardim made, that, that was made from the Tzvardim. This Hanani Mishav Azariah, Darshan the Kalvachaymer from the Tzvardim. Here's the question. What was the Kalvachaymer built upon? It was built upon the premise that the Tzvardim were not obligated to do what they did. The question is that, oh yes, they were. Of course they were obligated to do what they did, right? Because they had a mitzvah. Weren't they mitzvah mefur? They were mefurish. Meaning they, they were commanded by the Rabbi Shalom that this is what you should be doing. The Pasuk says that you're going to, uh, the Tzvardim are going to be sharetz hayar. They're going to team out of the, uh, out of the river. Va'alo v'o they're going to come into the royal palace of a chadar mishkavecha and in the royal bedroom of the palace on mitasach on your bed over beisavodecha v'amecha v'tanrech misharisach in the ovens and on the pots. So what do you mean they didn't have it? This is a, this was a this was a um, pure mesiris nefesh. It was purely a, something that they devised on their own accord. They had no mitzvah and yet they did it. And therefore, chanan mishal v'azayir darsh and the kavochem from them. What are you talking about? They were also mitzvah. Maybe they didn't have a mitzvah of uh, dying al Kiddush Hashem, but they had a mitzvah of going and and being and and jumping into the pots. So there was a mitzvah. If there was a mitzvah, Chanan Mishav Azariah didn't have the mitzvah. They weren't technically obligated to bow down to 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 be thrown into the kivshanesh because it wasn't avaydazar mamish. So, but and Tzvardim were obligated to. So, what was the kavuchaimer anyway? This is what a lot of the Mepharshim ask uh, on this Kalvachimer and this Gemara. Um, the, it's brought down from Reb Beryl Soloveitchik. He asked this question. Uh, it's brought down in Reb Yashiv Sefer that he asked this question. And basically, and there are other Mepharshim, of course, that also ask it. And the basic unanimous opinion of all of the aforementioned uh, Mepharshim to explain this question to understand, you know, why Chanan Mishal Vazai really did, made this Kavachaymer, and the Kavachaymer seems to be not a valid Kavachaymer, because after all, the frogs were obligated to jump into the ovens, is as follows. It's true that the frogs were obligated to jump into the ovens, but they were also obligated to jump into the royal palace, they were obligated to jump into the royal bedroom, to jump onto the beds of Paray, to go into the servants' quarters, to go into a lot of places, to jump into, uh, you know, into a swimming pool maybe, and into a... There's a lot of different options for every single Tzvardeya to do. So every single Tzvardeya technically could say, listen, yeah, I got a mitzvah. It's true that there's a mitzvah to go into the Tanur, but there's also a mitzvah to go into the nice royal air-conditioned bedroom. So you know what? I'm gonna ob- I'm gonna opt. You know I'm gonna opt for the more comfortable mitzvah, and I'm not gonna opt for the uncomfortable mitzvah. Who in the world would want to go and jump into a hot oven when I could jump into the royal swimming pool? When I could jump into the royal bed? It's a geshmaka bed. It's nice and toasty in there. Let me go in there. I'll be mekayim the mitzvah the rabbi Shalom that way. The rabbi Shalom gave. Many options for the Tzvardim, each one to do whatever they choose. So, technically speaking, all the Tzvardim could say, "Listen, I, I have a mitzvah. I'd go into the into the Chadar Mishkavecha, I'll do I'll do my mitzvah that way." 
who's going to do the mitzvah of Tanur? I don't know. Let somebody else do it. There's always, there's always one guy that's going to do it. But I don't have that achrayas to do it. But yet, there were svardim and there were presumably many, many frogs that said, no, 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 we're going to do it. We're going to jump into the, into the, into the oven. We're going to jump into the hot, simmering pot sitting on top of the oven. That's what we're going to do. Yes, there are opportunities for us to be mekayim the mitzvah with other, in other ways, but yet we're going, to, uh, we're going to do the mitzvah that's the hard mitzvah. We have an option to get out of it. We could run away. We could do it elsewhere. We could go into other parts of Egypt. We don't have to do this, but the Rabbani Shalom's mitzvah, the frogs as a whole, that I need volunteers, I'm looking for volunteers to go and jump into the pots, amongst other things. And there were frogs that actually did that, even though they could have opted out in a more geshmaka form of the mitzvah. Because of that, Hanan and Bishov Azariah learned their kavachimer. They didn't learn the kavachimer from all the frogs, but they learned the kavachimer from those individual frogs that went and they were meiser nefesh, even though they could have gotten out of it. They didn't have to do it. They could have ran away. They could have said, listen, it's too hot in here. I want to, I want to go into a different, I want plan B. But yet they said, no, no, no. The Rabbi Shalom commanded frogs to go into the ovens. And we are frogs. We should be the ones to do it. Could we get out of it? Yes. But somebody's got to do it. We're going to do it and we're going to be Makadish. Hashem, because let's say nobody would have jumped into the fiery uh, oven and into the hot pots, then Pyro would say, aha, you see, you don't have such a, a strong shlita, you don't have such authority over your frogs because they didn't listen to you and do everything that you promised that they would do. So there were yechidim, there were individual frogs that went and they said, listen, it's true that we could sort of slip into the tzibor and just like be one of the one of the many, many other frogs opting out, but we're going to be the ones to be meiser nefesh al Kiddush Hashem, even though we're not, we're not technically mitzvah. To this, Hanani Mishava Azariah made themselves a kavachimer. From those individual frogs, madach those individual frogs that did jump into the fire, even though they could have made every excuse in the world not to, but they did it, we who are also not technically mechayev, it's not avaydazar, we could have found a million and one heterim, and we could have ran away, and we could have said, let somebody else be the ones to be meiser nefesh, even if they, somebody wants to be really from and take a stand against Nebuchadnezzar, but, you know, let them do it. Why do we have to be the ones to do it? Let somebody else do it. Isn't that a common refrain? Like, let somebody else do it. We don't have to be the ones to do it. Because of that, because of that, they made their kavachimer. What I was thinking to say is that perhaps this is what the a third pshat in Vatal HaTzfardeya. Vatal HaTzfardeya means either like Rashi says, of course, that it's one Tzfardeya and they would hit it terribly and it keep, kept splitting, or that it means multiple Tzfardim, or maybe on the basis of what we just said, the Pasuk is praising Hatzvardeya, Vatal Hatzvardeya. There is one frog, that, or one breed of frog that deserves, in, that deserves special recognition. 
that Kaddish Baruch was especially proud of. Because they were, even though there were swarms of frogs, there were millions of frogs, but they didn't look at themselves as part of the chevra and let somebody else do it. They took ownership of the mitzvah of the Rabbi Nishalem. It wasn't popular, and it wasn't easy, and it was involving Messiris Nefesh, but they were tzvardeya, they looked at themselves as individuals and pretend that no one else is going to do it, and I have to be the one to do it. I, but let other people, no, I'm not having, I don't have that attitude to let other people do it. Every one of those frogs that went into every oven, every, they looked at themselves as if they were the only frog in the world that was going to do this because they understood that most people are going to take the easy way out. And therefore there has to be leadership. There has to be a frog that's a, a, a tzvardeya, batal hat tzvardeya, the, with a heyidea, that frog that didn't look at himself as a swarm, as just part of a, a part of a, a whole, you know, a herd mentality, like let's do what everyone else is doing, and let's take the easy way out, and let's go into the Gishmaka parts of Egypt. The Tzvardeya that looked at themselves as being the ones that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was looking to, to be Meiser Nefesh HaKadosh Hashem, to show Parai that whatever HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants is going to be Mekoyim, they were the ones that deserve that special recognition. Yes, it was teams of frogs, but there were individual frogs that looked at themselves as being special, as taking achrayas, even, and, and they chose not to be part of the rest of the tzvardim that were generally doing the easy thing. There's a Gemara in Makis that says, Chacham lev yikach mitzvahs. Somebody that's wise at heart, he chaps mitzvahs. He chaps mitzvahs. So what does that mean? So the Gemara says, Zem Meisha. On this pasuk of Chacham lev yikach mitzvahs, Zem Meisha. This is a, re- a reference to Meisha. Why? Because when everybody else in Egypt, all the other Yidden were going and they were doing Bizas Hayam, uh, Bizas Mitzrayim, they were going and, and borrowing from their neighbors, clay kesem and clay zav, gold and silver items, and becoming very wealthy from it. Moshe Rabbeinu went and he looked for the Atzmas Yosef. He took the bones of Yosef because Klai Yisrael had promised Yosef before, before he died that they were going to take his bones out of Egypt with them. So Moshe Rabbeinu was a chacham lev yikach mitzvah. He was very smart. And he took a mitzvah that nobody else was doing. Chacham lev yikach When everyone else was doing the bizas mitzrayim, he didn't do it. Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't busy with bizas mitzrayim. He was busy with taking the atzmas yasef, with the un, unceremonious, un, uh, not exciting job of atzmas yasef. So the question that's asked is, what do you, what do you, it sounds like you're castigating Klal Yisrael. Chacham Levikam, he's taking, he's chopping mitzvahs. Everyone, what, what was everyone else doing? They were going bowling? They were also doing a mitzvah. The Rabbi Shalom commanded, Klal Yisrael, Vishalo, you should borrow Ishmerayu, you should borrow from your, your neighbors, Klaikesavu, Klaizav, Usmalais. This is a mitzvah also. They were doing something very important for the Rabbi Shalom also. They were taking Klaikesavu and Klaizav out of Egypt. That was part of, remember, the Rabbi Shalom says, Daber um, Na. Please ask Klal Yisrael, 
Why not? Ain't no Eloshim Bakasha. Yisrael was really Michael doing it, but they, they didn't even want to schlep all that silver and gold. But Avram Avinu was promised that we would leave Birchash Gadol. HaKadosh Baruch didn't want that. Avram Avinu uh, should have a taina on him that Vavadim Vinu Maisim Kiyam Bahem, Achirach Yetzi Birchash Gadol Lekiyam Bahem, that Baruch Hashem, you were very machmer when it came to the part of the Rizbein Absarim about the servitude in Egypt, but you weren't so from when it came to the 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 punchline of Brisbane Absarim, which is that that they're going to leave with a very great wealth. So Klai Yisrael agreed. So they were also doing a mitzvah. So why are you saying that Moshe Rabbeinu is a chacham? He was brilliant. He, he chapped the mitzvah of, of Atzmas Yosef when everybody else was doing Bizas Mitzrayim. And the obvious teretz is that, of course, Klai Yisrael was doing a mitzvah. But there are mitzvahs and then there are mitzvahs. There are mitzvahs that are very popular, that everybody wants to do, and that are geshmak to do. Can you think of a more geshmaka mitzvah than if there has to be a mitzvah, a mitzvah of, of, of Bizas Mitzrayim? I wouldn't mind such a mitzvah to go and uh, loot Egypt and uh, you know take uh, millions and millions of dollars of silver and gold and bitcoins and, uh, and all types of stocks and bonds and whatever and just clean out Egypt. The Gemara says they mamash cleaned out Egypt, you know, Vayinatzlas Mitzrayim. They cleaned out the whole country. It's a very wealthy country. Trillions of dollars were cleaned out by Klal Yisrael. Is that such a hard mitzvah to do? Everybody wants to do that mitzvah. Obviously, it was, you know, it was a schlep for them, but it was still, it's geshmak a mitzvah to do. If there's a, a mitzvah that you'd probably want to do, it's probably to get very wealthy. Meish Rabbeinu was smart because Meish Rabbeinu took the more unpopular road of mitzvahs. He could have done that mitzvah also and patterned himself at that time and said, no, Isaac, mitzvah patu mitzvah, I'm doing the mitzvah biz mitzrayim and let somebody else take the bones of Yosef. Who wants to take the bones? That, that's not fun, taking the bones of it. Schlepping Yosef's bones is fun. There's no money to be made in it. It's very uncomfortable. You have to schlep bones. It's like a mitame. It's, you know, who wants to do that? Meshach Rabbeinu was a smart person that chapped the mitzvah that was uncomfortable. You know why? Because Meish Rabbeinu took achrayas for Klal Yisrael. He wasn't a person that just was part of the herd mentality, rah, 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 let's do what everybody is doing, let's do the geshmaka things. He was a person that said there is a Rabbeinu Shalom in the world, the Rabbeinu Shalom expects certain things to be done. One of the things that's expected to be done is taking the Atzmas Yasev, Hineni, I'm going to do that mitzvah. Is it a popular mitzvah? No. But somebody has to do it. That person is me. It's true that there's always going to be somebody that does the, the unpopular mitzvahs. But who is that person going to be? There is Yechidim. There is like those individual Hatzafardeya. There's those individuals that say that I want to be the one to always take Achreis. I'm going to step to the plate. When no one else is stepping to the plate... I'm going to be the one to do it. And from those tzvardeyas, those individual tzvardeyas that said, we're going to jump into the fire, even though we could easily be part of the swarming team of tzvardeyas that, that are doing everything else. But if no one else does it, who says that if I don't do it, that somebody else will do it? I have to look in a mirror and say, it's only me. I'm the front and last line of, of doing the Ratzon Hashem in the world. 
And that's a very important yisayid that we have to always try to bear in mind for, uh, for the rest of our lives. There are, in society, in, in Klal Yisrael, there are great people. And we all get to choose the mitzvahs that we want to perform. And every mitzvah is, of course, very chashuv. But many of us just do the easy mitzvahs. We learn Torah, which is not always easy, but it's a geshmaka mitzvah. You get to sit and learn. You get to, uh, you know, do blow shayfer and daven for the amud and do, uh, and, and, you know, and hachnasas archem and to do, uh, you know, shaking a lulav and esrog and, and davening and, and, you know, the, the mitzvahs that we all do. And it's, uh, you know, eating matzahs, eating mar, eating, uh, sitting in a sukkah. These are nice mitzvahs. They're popular mitzvahs, and, and obviously they're, they're of dire importance. Everybody has to do these mitzvahs. Then there are mitzvahs that are sort of like mes mitzvah mitzvahs. There are mitzvahs that people don't like doing, and like they have to get done. Obviously, there's a great need for them to get done, but who says that I have to be the one to do them? Who says it has to be me? I'll give you a few examples. Chever Kadisha. Hever Kadisha is like Atzmas Yasef. It's like one of those mitzvahs that, like, it's very difficult to do. First of all, you have to do it at any hour of the day or night. Sometimes, you know, the Hever Kadisha has to prepare the mace for a tyra, and they have to wake up at uh, 4 o'clock in the morning and, 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 you know, take care of the tyra and the mikvah and clean the body and cut the nails and prepare it in the tachrichim and get it ready for kvura. It's a very uncomfortable job, to put it mildly. Very difficult work. Because you have to face your mortality. You look at death in the face. It's, uh, you know, I remember once when I was uh, a bacher, I was, uh, I had the, uh, uh, somebody asked me to be a shimer in a, in a funeral parlor. And it was, I had to spend a whole night being a shimer alone in a creepy, dark funeral parlor uh, being a shimer outside of a cold freezer. And then I looked in one of the rooms and there was a guy that was like sitting, a dead guy sitting up and, you know, and I don't know what they were preparing him for, maybe a wake or whatever. It was like a funeral parlor that was mixed for shimer Shabbos and non-shimer Shabbos. And it was a very uncomfortable ordeal. Just And I didn't really do anything with the mason. I just was supposed to sit there and say, tell him a couple of minutes every hour. But it was a, it spooks you. It's a very spooky experience. And yet there are people that volunteer, they don't get paid for it, they volunteer to, to do Hever Kadisha work, and this is a mace mitzvah mitzvah, it's a mitzvah that, like Atmos Yasef, there are many other mitzvahs, you say, well, I don't want to do a Hever Kadisha because I'm busy learning at night, and that's true, that's, that's 100% true. Or, you know, I want to get a good night's sleep so that tomorrow I'll be able to daven early, and, you know, and that's very good also. But there are Everyone, you need Hever Kadisha. So who's going to do it? So there are Yechidim that learn Kalvachimers from Hatzvardeya. Those individual Tzvardeyas that don't assume that there's going to be other people to do it. And they say, I don't know if there's anyone else that's going to do it. Maybe I'm the only one that's going to do it. And that is something that is, uh, that, that's very, very commendable. Those are Chacham Lev. Yikach mitzvahs. These are very wise people because they chap mitzvahs that are unpopular and HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a tremendous chiba 
a tremendous love and cherish and he cherishes those Yechidim that are that are from the Tzfardeyas. Of course, Hatzala, Chaverim, uh, these are people that go in the all hours of the day and night in all weather conditions and they go and save people and they, uh, you know, uh, terrible situations. They have to see people without, uh, you know, body parts and in Eretz Yisrael, it's a really terrible, uh, you know, mitzvah, but, but vitally important. There's something called Zaka and Baruch Hashem, it's not as often used as it used to be, but in the time of when the terrorist attack were rampant in Eretz Yisrael and bus bombings, these, these Yechidim, these Sadikim, they would go after every one of these terrorist attacks and they would have to literally um, clean up all of the bodies and soak up all the blood on the streets and find body parts in trees and bring everything to Kvura. That's all part of the of a tremendous mitzvah of Levayas Ames. But Who's going to do that? And like, who wants to do that? I, I wouldn't want to do that. But yet there are Yechidim that roll up their sleeves and they put on their yellow vests and they, they say, Hineni, here I am. And they're Neitel Scharkulum. They get tremendous reward for this because these are mitzvahs that are not as popular as the more Gishmaka Balabatish mitzvahs that everybody wants. That everybody loves, you know, Dipping the apple in the honey on Rosh Hashanah and eating the simanim and and sitting in a sukkah and singing zemiras those are geshmaka mitzvahs and we get schar for that of course as well because they're not always the easiest thing to do but relative to those mitzvahs that are only yichidim that step to the plate and say I know that this needs to be done and therefore here I am I'm volunteering to do the mitzvahs that nobody else wants to do I'm jumping into the hot fire. For the those are tremendous yechidim that Hakadosh Baruch Hu has tremendous chiba for, and I believe that's the lesson of Atal Hatzvardeya. The pasuk highlights the individual svardeya that said, "I'm not part of a herd. I am special. I am unique. Let the herd do whatever the herd does, and more power to them." And it's true, they're also getting mitzvahs and they're getting schar for the mitzvah that they're doing of going into the king's bedroom and the king's, and the king's bed and the king's uh, uh, you know, bathhouse and whatever. All those things are givaldic, good for them. Now, who's going to be the one to jump into the fire? Any, any volunteers? I'll volunteer because it has to be done. I let other people do it. It's not really a mitzvah. You don't have a mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem. You don't have a mitzvah. You can get out of it. You can be meyer heter a thousand different ways and, and feel good about yourself. It's true. But at the end of the day, somebody has to be the one to do it. And if somebody has to be the one to do it, I want it to be me. Because the people that are meyer nefesh for Hashem, they have tremendous chusim. They're the ones that HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks at as, as his most loyal servants who are willing to do something above and beyond the call of duty. And that's, by the way, the reason that Nisim happen when you are Meiser Nefesh. Hanani Mishav Azari, they're Meiser Nefesh. And look what happened. HaKadosh Baruch Hu made a nace that they would survive the Kivshana Eish. Why? So the Mepharshim say that when you're Meiser Nefesh for Hashem, 
what you're doing really is you're going lemaila minateva. You're going the natural course of world uh, of the world is I don't want to give up my life. I'm very happy living, Baruch Hashem. When you say I don't care, I'm willing to die for the Rebbeinu Shalom. You're being you're going lemaila minateva. Mida kenega mida nisim happen to people that live lemaila minateva. The people that go up, because that's what a nace is. A nace is, by definition, something that's lamalamanateva. It's supernatural. When a human being acts supernaturally and they volunteer to do things that are not easy, but yet they do them, Hakadish Baruch Hu says, I'm going to do something that's not so easy either. I'm going to be performing a nace, which is also lamalamanateva. And you see time and time again that people that are Meiser Nefesh Freshem, they live Lamaila I remember during 9-11, you know, thousands of people died. I think every Hatzala member that went on call that day of 9-11, every single one of them were accounted for at the end of 9-11. A miraculous thing. There were falling debris, there was things exploding, things on fire. A lot of people went into those buildings to try to get people, and they were... They Hakadosh Baruch Hu perform nisim for people that themselves are meiser nefesh. Hakadosh Baruch Hu performs nisim for, because there's a special love and a bond that's formed between people that are meiser nefesh for Hashem and the Rebbeinu Shalom. This is what we say every every Musaf on Shabbos. Whoever is Isaac, whoever busies themselves and occupies themselves with Tzarchei Tzibur, with those necessary communal functions. And again, you're dealing with a community. I don't have to, why do I, let somebody else be the Gabai. Let somebody else be the Balkari. Let somebody else daven for the Yom. Let somebody else fill up the coffee urn. Let somebody else shovel the snow to get into shul. And a million other types of things that aren't so popular. It's not Gishmak, but yet, you know, somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. So whoever is Isaac B'Tzar Chetzibor Be'amuna, so there's tremendous brachas. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Yishalem Zcharei. HaKadosh Baruch Hu repays them. V'yishlach bracha v'atzlacha. These people are, are, are not, uh, they're not susceptible to disease. V'yasimem kal machala, v'yirpel chal gufam. They have refua and hatzlacha and gewaldega parnasa. All of this because a person decides to be like the Tzvardeya that says, I'm it. I'm the front line for the Rabbi Shalom. I'm going to jump into the fire when everybody else is being married or not to. Hineni, here I am. I'm going to be doing it because it needs to be done. I'm the one that's going to be doing it. And Hanani Mishal Azari made a Gevaldiga Kavachaymer from them. And every single Yid that makes a Kavachaymer from that Tzvardeya, those unique individuals that see themselves as being on the front line for the Rabbeinu Shalom's COVID, they have tremendous bracha and hatzlacha from the Rabbeinu Shalom. It's the greatest thing. I had a Rebbe that once said that how much would a person pay to have all the G'dayli Yisrael daven for them every single Shabbos? Pay, you know, let's say I could arrange that Ruchaim Kanyeski would daven for me every single Shabbos, that I shouldn't get uh, uh, I shouldn't get Corona, and I should have Parnassah, and I should have Aisher, and I should have Kavod, and I should have, be protected from all the elements of life. You'd, you'd pay millions of dollars if you had it. He says, there's a very easy way to do that. If you're Isaac B'Tzarchit Sibor, all the G'dayli Yisrael are davening for you. 
all these tremendous brachas, Vishlach Me'am Bracha Vatslacha Bachomasidayam, it's invaluable. The brachas that you get when you're Isaac Bitsarch Sibur. Not doing what every what the Tsibur is doing. Tsibur, you have to do it. You have no you, you have there's no way out. You gotta dive and you gotta learn, you gotta give tzedakah, you gotta you gotta you know, do all the mitzvahs of the Tyra that everyone else is doing. But then there are certain mitzvahs that very few people want to do, very unpopular, very hard to commit to, to volunteer, and very, very often without getting paid, just merely because this is the Ratzon Hashem, it's that awaits such people. And all this is learned from the Tzvardeya.